You can now take KRBN Internet News Talk Radio with you on your mobile phone as we are making it easier to listen to the great hosts here on KRBN, including our very own West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. It's free and available on Google Play. Just look for player.fm. That's player.fm and search for KRBN. Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bose No Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bozovich. And now, here's Jay. And good afternoon, or should I say good evening, because I'm coming to you from three hours in the future, live from beautiful downtown Milford, Delaware. It's the Bose Nose Show with your host. I'm West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich. And yes, uh, we are coming to you from Lane County today because I am on the East Coast because Friday starts the National Association of Counties Legislative Conference. Uh, where we're going to get to do all sorts of interesting things. I'm going to be carrying forward a resolution on clarifying some federal tort claims law that is pertinent to our uh, uh, health clinics and our behavioral health uh, practice that we have in, in protecting the county from various lawsuits and also going to probably be lobbying our, our Congress critters on Capitol Hill about things like federal forest policy and land management policy and you know, forest fire fighting policy. But the really exciting part about the NACO Legislative Conference is they just announced yesterday that President Donald J. Trump will be addressing the National Association of Counties Conference on Tuesday morning. So I plan on being there then. So looking forward to all that happening starting on Friday through next Wednesday. I'll be dealing with the National Association of Counties. But right now I'm at my brother's house in Milford, Delaware, doing the Bose Nose Show. And we want to talk to you about some organ um, uh, issues that have been coming up because there's been a few things in the news in the last couple of days. You know, first it was the senators walked out. And the next day it was the representatives that walked out, you know, the Republican side. So there's not a whole lot happening in Salem right now. And I can say unequivocally, I support the walkouts. And, you know, I don't care what Kate Brown says about folks not doing their job. You can go back and find audio tape and video tape of her talking about why the Democrats should walk out of the legislature back when they were in the minority. Because it's a tool that is available to the minority put there in our Oregon Constitution to deny a quorum. And it's not it's actually part of their job to choose when to use that tool or not. It of course is kind of like the nuclear option because it stops everything, but you know the Democrats had a choice. They could have put all the important legislature up front and gotten that complete and then done cap and trade. But what they what they're trying to do right now is blame the Republicans for not getting that stuff done when it was their choice to do the, uh, they were the ones that decided to use it as, you know, political brinksmanship and try and blame uh, the minority for not getting stuff done when they've got complete control over the schedule as the majority, supermajority in Salem. So 
if there's some bill pertaining to providing funds for the homeless situation that doesn't get done this session, it's the super majority's fault, not the minority that walked out because they had to hammer through cap and trade. And they didn't just, you know, they kept saying, well, we made some changes to try and make it better. All they did was slow down how soon the bad things are going to happen. They're still going to happen eventually. You know, the, and, it, you know, of course, yeah, the first impacts, you know, supposedly the Portland area. Well, where do you think most of the goods that come into the rest of the state come through? You think they, they all come into uh, the port of Burns, you know? No, they come through Portland and then get trucked down to Burns. Yeah, so it, you know, thinking that that, you know, regionalizing it and spreading it out was going to somehow or another save rural Oregon uh, really isn't what's going to happen. But you know, they they pushed this through. They wouldn't they wouldn't accept any of the minorities' amendments. And then even further, they the Senate president assigned himself to the Ways and Means Committee to vote it out of the committee because he knew he had a had an even tie, a six six tie in that committee, uh, because one of the state senators that's a Democrat doesn't support the cap-and-trade bill because she understands how bad it is for her uh, somewhat rural district there in the north coast, uh, coastal range, Senator Betsy Johnson. So Senate President Peter Courtney put himself on the committee and and uh, helped vote it out of committee, and that's what got the Republicans to leave because they're just basically ramming this thing through, ahead, trying to do it ahead of other legislation because they wanted – they wanted to set up a situation where if the minority did exercise their right to deny a quorum, they were going to try and blame the minority for not getting this other important legislation done when they had perfect control of all timing of bills and could have let that come out later you know, from committee and finish working on some of these pertinent appropriations they wanted to do. But, you know, they could have chased the Republicans out over some of the gun control stuff they were going to try and force through too, which is just as onerous. But, you know, getting back to this whole cap tax and spend thing, I issued a proclamation, a personal proclamation out um, this weekend, kind of hurriedly because uh, I was trying to deal with, you know, uh, a family emergency while trying to get out of town to come to DC here. And, um, so I, I sent it to a couple people, had them read it, and put it out on the Internet. And lo and behold, I left one word unchanged, and, and it wasn't even a copy-and-paste error. I was reading back and forth between Coos County, Douglas County, and Lynn County's proclamations and pulling some of their wording. I, most of the wording is original to the, my proclamation because no one else included some of these points that are in my proclamation. But in one place, I must have been looking at Coos County's proclamation, and I typed Coos County instead of Lane County. And uh, even though three other people proved it, everybody missed that one spot because <laughs> it just went right past everybody's eyes, kind of like it did mine when I was typing. And, uh, and But I fixed that and put out a corrected version. Unfortunately, it took me about 24 hours because I was flying from Eugene to BWI here in, on the East Coast, and uh, – Airport Wi-Fi sucks. I tried to load stuff up and, and correct it, and I just couldn't even load Facebook on airport Wi-Fi. 
and let alone it seems like uh, the cell service at the airport sucks too. So it took me about 24 hours to correct that. Some people had to pick on just that one word that got, you know, mistyped uh, in, in the in the thing instead of looking at the entirety of it. And this, one of the reasons I put this out and, and wrote it myself was I wanted to make sure it reflected principles that were agreed to by my board of commissioners and the entirety of the association of Oregon counties. Because what I wanted people to do was to ask the rest of my board of commissioners to approve this. Because they were, you know, Commissioner Buck was writing back to people who that were asking about having our board take this action, that there wasn't enough time to do it. So I put out my personal resolution, and in the press release with that, I asked for the other members of the Lane County Board of Commissioners to issue their own, too. If we couldn't do one collectively, do it one singularly. And I gave them the opportunity to do it, whether they think there needs to be a climate bill or not. There's certain things in the current cap-and-trade legislation that haven't changed since the 2020 bills. The, the House Bill 2020 was written in 2019. I know it gets confusing. Um, that was the cap-and-trade bill last year that had the same problems that these bills, now Senate Bill 1530 and House Bill 4167, which are um, copies of the same thing, just one started in Senate committees and one started in House committees. Neither of those bills makes sure that the money derived from taxing transportation fuels is going to stay in the highway trust fund. And it was clearly stated in the Association of Oregon County's principles. By the way, that is when the Association of Oregon Counties adopts a legislative principle, they do it on a two-thirds vote of their legislative committee. Lane County is a dues-paying member of and has multiple people, multiple commissioners that are on that legislative committee including Commissioner Buck and Commissioner Bernie and Commissioner Farr and myself. Four out of the five commissioners are on that legislative committee. And one of the things they clearly stated was all transportation fuel revenues must go to the highway trust fund. The reason that's in there is because those that transportation highway trust fund where gas taxes go now and a carbon tax on fuel is just a different kind of gas tax. That's what funds most of our road funds at the county level and most of the road funds for cities. It gets split up. The highway trust gets split up. 50% goes to ODOT. 30% goes out to the 36 counties. And 20% goes out to the 200 municipalities across the state. So it's a significant amount of funding for keeping roads. But what was shown in the analysis that was done of last year's version of cap and trade was they're going to steal a bunch of money out of that highway trust fund and basically put it where the legislature can spend it on whatever they feel like, not roads. So that was one of the basic principles that the Association of Oregon Counties agreed to, which the Lane County commissioners are members of. So just on that one principle alone, they should not be supporting these two bills. But it's not just that one. 
AOC also said no emergency clause. And they said that and agreed to it because they understand that emergency clauses take away the citizen's right of referendum, which is an important democratic right in the state of Oregon. So once again, there's a principle that those bills violate that the Association of Oregon Counties, of which Lane County and, and four out of five board members are on the legislative committee, agreed to. You know, it, whether you agree whether the cap and trade is needed or not, the legislation as written violates those two principles I just discussed. In addition, it also does not provide any funding for local governments to alleviate the cost to the local governments of the cap and trade system, because we're going to be paying some of those costs. We're going to be paying it in higher fuel for our fleets and our roads division. Uh, we're going to be paying for it higher costs of asphalt and concrete. You know, we'll be paying it because our landfill is one of those large emitters of greenhouse gases. You know, so, you know, there was no analysis even what the cost was to local governments, and there was no um, allowance in the bill for reimbursing local governments. So that makes it an unfunded mandate, which the AOC principles call for some kind of prevention of an unfunded mandate when it comes to cap and trade and Lane County's legislative principles which is a document the Board of Commissioners actually adopted and has adopted and updated several times since the new commissioners have been on there, clearly calls for no unfunded mandate. So just on those three things alone, violating the Highway Trust Fund, emergency clause, and unfunded mandate, the Lane County commissioners should be opposing these two bills. And I am asking you folks to remind the commissioners of those three things and ask them to oppose the bills. Now, there's a whole bunch of other reasons to oppose it. I pointed out the fact that there's also exemptions to public records law on the bill and that there's financial data and other records for transactions in those bills are going to be shielded from public records law. Kind of makes you wonder, why are they shielding those from public records? Hmm. I think there might be something that they're worried about people actually understanding either, you know, how much money, who's buying the credits, who's selling the credits, who's, who, who's benefiting from it that might be actually contributing to somebody's campaign. Because we all know that our governor doesn't take, you know, campaign contributions from government contractors. Oh, yeah, that's right. She took a whole shitload of it. Oops, I'm not supposed to say that word on the radio. Um <laughs> But it's true. She took a bunch of money from government contractors and then tried to hide it. Um, so, you know, here we go. We're going to put something that's anti-transparency, going to make this completely opaque and not let the public be able to pull the records of what happens after they pass cap and trade with the selling of credits and all that. So, you know, there's just, so much bad, not to mention it's just going to really ultimately be a sales tax on energy that's going to impact 
every consumer good in this state because every consumer good has to either be transported using energy, created using energy, or sometimes you're just buying energy in your electric bill. So everybody's household costs will go up with this. And that's on top of the fact that something I posted up on my West Lane County Commissioner Facebook page last Friday, and that is that Oregon has the highest payroll taxes in the nation. You know, they basically have a payroll tax rate that if you're earning $50,000 a year, you're only going to take home 37000 and change of that. The highest rate in the nation. Well, that kind of not used to be so bad because the one thing we don't have in Oregon is the sales tax. So some of the states that might have had lower payroll taxes than Oregon does could say, you know, know, the difference is their their sales tax. The only problem is, is last year's legislature passed the sales tax. You know, they called it something else. They called it the Student Success Act, but it was actually a corporate sales tax that was in it. And we haven't seen the impact of that yet. Now the legislature wants to pass another sales tax on energy on top of the corporate sales tax. We haven't really truly seen what the corporate sales tax is going to cost our consumers. So can you imagine what it's going to be like for some of our rural communities that are grain because they're not keeping their kids at home because they don't have the jobs they used to have in forestry and fishing and other natural resource industries. And they, you know, they're getting older and older communities. So you're seeing a lot of senior citizens on fixed incomes and we're going to raise first a corporate sales tax on them on top of our highest payroll taxes in the nation. And then we're going to add an energy sales tax on those folks. And you don't think this is going to harm rural communities? You know, it's, it's just, um, it's bad. It's a bad bill. Bad pair of bills, because they're actually the same bill in, in the House and the Senate. Contact your county commissioner if, you know, if you're not in the West Lane District and ask them to put out a personal resolution opposing Senate Bill 1530 and House Bill 4167, even though the senators are out right now and the House Senate Republicans and the House Republicans are currently um, denying a quorum, they need to understand there's support out there for them. And and the more commissioners that, that show their support, already 26 out of the 36 counties have said they oppose this legislation. You know, we just need a few more commissioners to show them that they're, they're right and they should be staying out in Boise or wherever they are out of the state, which brings about another little thing that I want to mention. Don't let me forget. But it's important to them to see that support. So it's important for you to get the rest of the Lane County Board of Commissioners to show their support by opposing Senate Bill 1530 and House Bill 4167. And speaking of those folks being out of state, one state representative posted a little picture on Facebook of the gas price in the state he was located in. And it was like $2 and 20 something cents a gallon, which, you know, by the way, that's what it is here in Delaware. I just went past a uh, gas station. In fact, 
when I noted that to my brother and sister-in-law, they're like, oh, that's expensive. <laughs> and somebody posted up pictures in response to that, a picture from California where the, the regular gas was $4.69 a gallon. And then somebody posted a picture from Texas and, and probably one of the most liberal cities in Texas, Austin, where it was $1.99 a gallon for regular gas. So you have $1.99 in Texas, two twenty something probably in Idaho and here in Delaware. And in Oregon, it's up close to $3 a gallon. But in California, it's over $4.50 a gallon approaching trade a few years ago. Do you want to be paying over $4 a gallon for gasoline? And you wonder why so many Californians are moving to Texas? I mean, they're starting to put up the same signs we had here in Oregon back in the, in the 80s and, and early 90s. Don't Californicate Texas. You know, it's that, there's that many Californians moving to Texas. So, um, as you think about this, it's just kind of interesting that that one little thing. It was also kind of funny. Somebody else, some other state senator posted a picture you know, saying he went to Safeway, and look what they gave me. And his picture was a plastic Safeway bag <laughs> that he'd gotten at checkout. Those evil plastic bags. Uh, even though the meat you buy there is wrapped in plastic, you get a plastic bag to put your produce in, you know, but you can't get a plastic bag to carry your groceries out in, in the rain in Oregon. <laughs> but I, 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 I diverge. Now, even though I'm all the way in Milford, Delaware, I can still take a phone call. And I want to remind folks that our number here on the Bose No Show is 646-721-9887. Just press one so that uh, Robin knows you want to get on the show because she's watching the board because I can't see it um, when I'm off in and using my iPad here to stream the show. Again, that's 646-721-9887 and press 1 so Robin knows you want to get in on the show. And uh, we'll talk about whatever subject you want to talk about. going to try and get into one more subject before I wrap it up because I think I'm going to try and wrap up uh, with about a half-hour show today uh, so I can get back to visiting with my family. And uh, I want to talk just a little bit about the coronavirus. You know, and I think it's been making the news a lot because suddenly it's becoming this, this, we're in danger of being a pandemic, you know, at risk of a pandemic and all this news. And of course, it seems like all of a sudden it's become a Democrat politician talking point to talk about how much danger the coronavirus might be to upsetting our uh, way of life and the economy and everything here in the U.S. and Recently, as just starting today, suddenly it's become a talking point to say that Donald Trump hasn't prepared us for this, that this is going to be Trump's um, Katrina. And all, you know, I've, I've heard all sorts of comparisons today, and it seems to be all strategically done to try and talk down the economy and, and um, the Dow Jones and the stock market because, you know, a good economy and a good stock market are generally good for the president in office when it's an election year. 
Um, and it seems like the Democrats are doing everything they can to use the coronavirus to try and destroy the American economy in the short run. And uh, what's interesting is, you know, about a week and a half ago, they were talking about how Donald Trump was, when he was talking about the possibility of maybe closing travel from certain countries, that he was being xenophobic. So we've gone from him being overly cautious and xenophobic to now suddenly he is um, not doing enough. Okay, I'm going to jump in here for a second. We have Becky uh, coming on the line, if you would like to talk to her. Sure. Hey, Becky, how are you doing? Great, Jay. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for doing this call today. All right. What's on your mind? That's okay. Um, I wanted to let you know, in case you haven't heard, that today the Tillamook, and I believe it was the county commissioners, passed a proclamation against the cap and trade. Oh, so we're up to 27 counties. Yay! Yay! Well, David Yamamoto, who's um, a Tillamook County commissioner, is a good friend of mine. He's a solid guy. He wrote a great editorial about the uh, state forest lands and the lack of harvest that they were doing there and why the county sued and everything. Um, So I'm not terribly surprised that David supported it. I didn't know about the rest of the Tillamook County commissioners. Um, They've had some turnover there, so I don't know them all real well. But that is great news, Becky. Thank you for calling. You're very welcome. And I also wanted to ask if you would please let your audience know what email address they should send their letters to to send uh, a a notice to their Lane County commissioners to support a cap-and-trade, anti-cap-and-trade proclamation. Sure. So that the the address that's probably easiest for me to remember in some ways, probably not easy for very many people to remember, is the letter L, C, B is in boy, C, 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 O, M. Yeah, that, that, that makes, that's really easy for folks to remember, right? At Lane County Government, Lane County Lane County, is it, so now I'm at Lane County Gov OR. Sorry, Lane County Gov, G-O-V. So it's a hard one to remember. The easiest thing for people to remember is if you go to the Lane County website and you, you click the government tab and click on Board of Commissioners, then you get to the Board of Commissioners page. On the lower right side is a button that says Email the Commissioners. Click that, and it'll bring up the right email address at lcbccom at lanecountygov.or um, email address. So, you know, if you just go to the Lane County Board of Commissioners um, page on the Lane County, um, down the lower right side is a button that says email the commissioners. Um, and I think we've actually had that email up on the uh, uh, KRBN Facebook page before, and maybe we'll try and get it up there again. Great. All right. Well, thank you for calling, Becky. You're so welcome. You have a great time there. Yeah, and tell Wayne good luck on his run for the Blatchley Lane Electric Co-op. Bless you. Thank you so much. Um, And you enjoy enjoy seeing uh, President Trump. I'm jealous. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, that was a shocking development. I'm surprised that, that he's going to be speaking because, you know, the, the National Association of Counties is, you know, represents 3,000 some odd counties across the entire country. It's not necessarily a completely Republican organization. It's a very split up wow. organization. So it's good to see him come to speak to that kind of a group. I imagine he's going to talk to us about infrastructure a bit. Probably so. So thank you for, yeah, thank you for calling, Becky. You're very welcome. Thank you, Jay. All right. And that was Becky Lemler. And I know just because I recognize her voice and her husband, Wayne Lemler, is running for the Blackshee Lane Electric Co-op um, Board of Directors in, I think, position two. So uh, if you see Wayne Lemler's name, that was Wayne's better half. <laughs> so um, with that, I want to get back to coronavirus a little bit. But it just it's interesting to me to watch this change from President Trump's being xenophobic to President Trump's not doing enough. Well, it's interesting. If I were President Trump now speaking to Nancy Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer, who both came out and had bad things to say about him today and the coronavirus is, you know, we really should know who's coming into our country and, and, and be screening all these people coming into our country to make sure they're not bringing the coronavirus. We should build a wall. Just, just say <laughs> for all those, you know, you know if, if you're going to be worried about the coronavirus, you should be damn well worried about understanding who's getting going, coming into our country. So with that thought, and the fact that I am looking forward to President Trump coming to speak, and I do want to get back to probably what's more important than anything, and that's family, uh, particularly in some times of crisis. Um, I'm going to take this moment to sign off on the Bose Nose Show and uh, thank everybody for listening today. I will not be back next week because I will be in flight um, coming back from Washington, D.C., I'll talk to Robin. Maybe we'll do a Thursday show next week. We'll see how, how our schedules match up. And uh, I can do a recap of my time on Capitol Hill and President Trump's speech and a few other things after I get back. But I will be in the air somewhere over the Midwest probably by about the time the Bo's Nose shows on and uh, on my way back to beautiful downtown Elmira, Oregon. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. 